0: places together, here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. This week's episode is called Born Superstars. Last week, we celebrated Reconciling in Christ Sunday with the theme, God's Boundless Diversity. Many of you shared how my conversation with Deacon Liz meant so much to you. And so we've decided here at APT, we're going all in on this theme. So each week for the next eight weeks, we are going to dig into one of the eight types of diversity that Reconciling works named in their resources. In no particular order, they are... Sexual orientation, age, gender identity, ability, gender expression, neurodiversity, race, and economic class. Now, certainly each of these types of diversity could use many episodes to fully explore the nuances of that category. However, I'm hoping that through these eight episodes, we can come to understand the beauty of intersectionality that is in each of us. That is, we are each a combination of all of these things. Each of us is different. Each of us is made in God's image. And each variation of these components is beautiful and worthy and loved. I'm still working on pulling together the whole series, but I'm hoping that each week we'll be able to welcome a guest to help us explore and understand that topic. This week's focus is sexual orientation, and I'm thrilled to welcome Grace Robinson to All Places Together. Grace is a college senior and will be graduating with a BA in Christian Studies. This fall, she's heading to seminary to start her master's degree. Grace is also on staff at Peace and Hope, which is another online community within the Virginia Synod. She also identifies as Bi- Grace is also a TikTok champ for multiple organizations at her school, and she enjoys hiking and has even climbed McAfee Knob for Sunrise, which is now like a total goal of mine. Welcome to All Places Together, Grace. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you here. So sexual orientation is this term that is used to describe which gender or genders someone is physically or emotionally attracted to. Lesbian, gay, bi, pansexual, queer, and straight are all examples of different sexual orientations. And we want to be clear right from the get-go, a person's sexual orientation is different from their sex, their gender identity, and gender expression. We will talk about gender identity and gender expression another week. These are aspects that talk about how we understand ourselves and how we express ourselves. Sexual orientation is all about who we are or aren't attracted to. Many of the letters in LGBTQIA are about sexual orientation. Grace is here to talk through with me what can kind of feel like alphabet soup sometimes to straight folks. We're going to go through each type of orientation to define it, kind of talk about some of the assumptions that maybe come within that orientation. But basically we are here to celebrate all the different types of love that are in the world. Here at All Places Together, we know that people come into the world with different sexual orientations. For some, it's clear from a young age that they are gay or straight. For others, it might take until their teenage years to understand themselves. Others are late bloomers, not having the words to describe who they are until later in adulthood. And others experience sexual orientation on a spectrum that they may move on throughout their lives. Regardless, nothing can make a person gay and nothing can make a person straight. In the words of Lady Gaga, we are born this way. And we solidly condemn conversion therapy, any theology that says pray the gay away or things that say, hate the this, hate this sin, love the sinner. Being gay is not a sin. So, Grace, would you like to begin your time with us by reading just a beautiful excerpt from Lady Gaga's Born This Way?
1: Of course. So, Lady Gaga's song, Born This Way, um, in the first verse, it goes, My mama told me when I was young, we were all born superstars. She rolled my hair and put my lipstick on in the glass of her boudoir. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are, she said, because he made you perfect, babe. So hold your head up high, girl, and you'll go far.
0: Yeah. We're like all in on the gospel according to Gaga here at All Places Together. So there you go. We're all born superstars. Though I guess it's probably worth saying I don't actually believe that God's a man, but like we can unpack that another day.
1: That was definitely another topic for another episode. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Also, I want to be explicitly clear up front that trans women are women and trans men are men. And as we say women and men throughout the episode, we mean both cis and trans folks.
1: All right. Are you ready to jump in? Let's get it done. All right. Would you like to start with our first letter? Oh, of course. So the first letter in our lovely alphabet soup is L and L is for lesbian. Lesbian means that women who are attracted to women. L was moved to the front of the acronym as a way of smashing the patriarchy, which we love. Yeah, we're all about that here. It used to be GLBT and centered male experience. Lesbians cannot be turned straight by being with a man. This is one example of the types of violent comments that lesbians face.
0: You know, I feel like. As I've encountered different lesbian creators on TikTok, they are often making videos that are kind of highlighting some of these
1: comments and saying, like, nope, like, this is who I am. Yeah. I mean, and that was even exemplified in uh, the amazing a classic TV show Glee when Naya Rivera, who played a lesbian character, um, her relationship with another female on the show uh, one of the guys was like, oh, well, you just need to be with the right man. And she was like, no, I really don't. Um, and that was great. We love Naya Rivera.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a great show. It's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one is G is for gay. And this is kind of a complicated word because it can be used in two different ways. Generally, um, anyone who does not identify as straight can use the word gay to talk about themselves, but then it also has the particular use of um, men who are attracted to men. And in general, uh, we can also use the words gay and queer interchangeably, though it's always important to kind of ask or listen to how a person describes themselves, right? Some people have very strong opinions about identifying as gay or as queer, And so you'll just always want to see like what they are comfortable with. And that's usually the term that they might use if they're coming out to you. And then it's also probably important to say that gay has had a variety of cultural connotations throughout the past 70 years, including being used in a derogatory way. Um, I know like when I was growing up in the 90s, um, that wasn't a nice thing to say to someone it was used as a mean thing Um, but so I think it's really important to kind of like reclaim that word for the queer community as being like a valid identity and an appropriate way to talk about oneself or someone else
1: yeah I often use the term gay um, even though I identify as bisexual just because it's easier it's quicker to say than bisexual I have found that with some of my friends who are figuring out their sexuality who don't quite know yet what they identify as, it's easy for them to say gay because they know they're not straight, but they're still trying to figure it all out. So it can be a great blanket term, uh, but yes, we definitely don't want to use it in a derogatory way. We want to celebrate this word uh, and reclaim it.
0: Yeah, I love that too, because it can be such a journey figuring that out. And so just knowing you know, that you're okay, like I'm a part of the gay community somehow, and then in time, maybe finding a label that fits more specifically, or even just sticking with gay. That's good, too. All right. Our next letter is B is for bisexual. I kind of feel like we're on Sesame Street a little bit.
1: A little bit. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to recreate the alphabet song.
0: I know, right? Like, this is how we (laughs) learn. So B is for bisexual. This term describes physical and or emotional attraction to more than one gender. And bisexual is often shortened to bi. And so bi, you know, like I feel like we've heard that a lot in our life. Often that means two. And so people often think that it's a being attracted to men and women. But bi just really here means that more than one. So people who identify as bi might be attracted to any combination of people who are female, male, non-binary, agender, gender fluid, or gender queer. Now, if you didn't recognize some of those last words, we will get to that in another episode. So those are like the identity questions. And we're talking about attraction today. So closely related to bisexual is pansexual. Would you like to explain that one, Grace?
1: Yeah, uh, so pansexual is a term to describe someone who has physical and or emotional attraction to people of any gender identity. Uh, Pansexual is often also shorted to just pan. We like short words. So can
0: you maybe add for us like a little bit of the dimension in between why someone might choose to identify as by or pan or why there are two words
1: that mean kind of similar things. So by or pan attraction is not equally distributed between male, female, and gender queer. Uh, some may be mostly attracted to one gender. Some folks talk about falling in love with the person and that gender and genitalia don't matter at all. Sexuality is—it's all kind of its own spectrum. Sexuality is a spectrum, and so is bi and pansexual um, attraction as well. I know people who identify as bi, but they prefer to date men, or prefer to date women, or even gender queer people. You all kind of have your own preference, and that's the beauty of a spectrum because it's all a beautiful rainbow.
0: It is, and they all kind of like fade one into another, and it's all it's all connected. Exactly, and I think it's also important to say here that if a bi or pan person Um, only finds themselves dating someone of the opposite gender or even marry someone of the opposite gender, it doesn't mean that they're now straight. On the other side of things, if a bi or pan person dates someone who's the same gender, it doesn't mean that they are now lesbian or gay. I mean, I guess gay as a blanket term, yes, but not in that very particular use of men being attracted to men. Being bi or pan is about attraction and not action. And once you're in a relationship, I mean, anybody who's in a relationship can be attracted to someone outside of it. That doesn't
1: mean you act on it. But like that attraction doesn't go away. Yeah. Just because you're married to one person, let's say your husband, Nick, doesn't mean that you're not attracted to Chris Evans, you know, or any other Marvel superhero. I'm not
0: going to lie. Like Thor is probably like... My go-to guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: I understand.
0: But what the Avengers, yeah, teach us is that you can be attracted to people outside of your relationship. Yes. But it doesn't mean you act on it. Yeah, and you still maintain your identity like once you enter into a relationship.
1: An important thing to note is that bi erasure is when a bi person is not seen as a part of the queer community because they're in a straight-appearing relationship. I know that this is a major issue That, especially in the bi community, that they feel that their sexuality is not being validated just because they are in a straight appearing relationship. But we always want to make sure that people are being affirmed and loved in whatever identity, sexual orientation, gender expression that they have.
0: Yeah. And it seems like that that would be a really hard thing to maybe you've like come to terms with like, okay, like I am a part of this community. And then to face, well, are you really? Like, that can't be fun.
1: <laughs> it it uh, From personal experience, it is not fun.
0: Let's take a pause from our alphabet exploration to kind of pause here to talk about the difference between monogamy and polyamory. Because I feel like questions about these two things often come up when you're talking about bi and pan folks. So monogamy, which I imagine most folks are familiar with, is when there's one relationship with two people that are in it and they are not in any other romantic relationships. that it is just the two people, one person, another person, and they're in a relationship. And polyamory, which is different than polygamy, because polygamy is about like one man and multiple women. Polyamory is different and either a man or a woman or someone who's gender queer can identify and seek out polyamorous relationships. Um, And so polyamory is when at least one partner in a relationship is open to being in a relationship with another person or is actively in another relationship with a different person. Um, It's really important to say that this is consensual with both partners. If your partner doesn't know you're in a relationship with another person, like that's cheating, (laughs) like that's infidelity and not a good look.
1: Yes. And it's important to start also reclaiming and celebrating the word polyamory because the reason that people use something like open relationships or something like that is because there has been a negative connotation with polyamory. Um, I do have a few friends that are polyamorous. And so I've had to do a lot of learning and growing alongside of them. Um, And so it's important to know that it's not cheating as long as it's consensual and And it is an identity, and it is the way that some people express their sexual orientation, and that is also beautiful and wonderfully made.
0: And then, too, like to say, when you're bi or pan, that does not mean that you are automatically not monogamous. Because I think the assumption is often made, oh, well, if you're attracted to multiple genders, that must mean that you want to be
1: in multiple relationships, no, I will squash that right here. As somebody who is bi, I am a monogamous person. Um, I am in a relationship with a lovely person and I only want to be with that one person. But you can also be bi and polyamorous, but it doesn't automatically mean that you are either.
0: Yeah, because straight people can be polyamorous. Exactly. Like any any orientation can be polyamorous. All right, back to our acronym work.
1: You want to do Q? Let's go for it. Q is for queer. I think that's a good wordle word. If anybody is playing wordle right now. Oh, queer it could be. You know, um, individuals may choose this word for a variety of reasons. They don't always feel fully represented by lesbian, gay, bi or pan. It can be connected to politics. Um, it can be also an academic category. So there's things such as like studying queer theory or queer theology.
0: Now, I remember when I was in seminary, I was really kind of just starting a lot of my anti-racist work. And um, at that time, I think I was really saying African-American a lot. And then when in seminary, it's, I was taught the difference between African-American is connected to someone who's from Africa, like as mm-hmm. we might say, European-American, and was really, you know, taught that like black is also an academic term in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I kind of went through this phase when I was would say something like the black church. And be like, but, you know, like that's the academic term for it. So I felt like I had to like Explain. qualify. Yeah. Like my use, like I'm not being racist by saying black. And, you know, it's been almost 10 years now. And so, like, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with my language and that kind of thing. And so I think for other people, especially of other generations, queer can feel like a really uncomfortable word, like it was also used in a derogatory way. And so I think it's important to, if for you, like if it helps you to be able to think of it as an academic category to say queer theory or queer theology, maybe that can be like a jumping off point for you to like get more comfortable with this language.
1: Yeah, it's all about reclaiming and celebrating the words and taking back and putting more positive connotations on the words rather than letting the language of derogatory um, terms just take over.
0: Exactly. That's really well said. And now we are to the A. A is for asexual or aromantic. And these are different, so let's break them down. Asexual is a sexual orientation that is characterized by a lack of sexual attraction towards any gender. Ace is the shorthand for it. And that's spelled ace uh, like in cards, like an ace of spades or whatever. Aromantic, on the other hand, is characterized by a lack of romantic attraction to any gender. And arrow is the shorthand for that. So the distinction there is between sexual attraction and romantic attraction and both of these are experienced on spectrums like their flags have either purple or green at the top and they kind of like fade to a darker gray or is it even black at the bottom
1: it's sometimes even black yeah
0: yeah and so I think especially here it's important to think it think of it as a spectrum sometimes it's called gray a um, and that's kind of can be like the middle And so people will also sometimes use the words demisexual or demiromantic to say that they can experience some sexual or romantic attraction respectively, but in order to feel that there needs to be a close connection, like a close emotional connection first. So sometimes, right, demi can go with another orientation because it's kind of about the level of attraction, not who you're attracted to?
1: Correct. Kind of like with polyamory and monogamy, you can use those terms with who you're attracted to because this has to do with the actions.
0: Yeah. So you might see someone who talks about being like demi bi or demi lesbian. Um, they're kind of stacked.
1: stacked. Stacked isn't terms. the right word, but yeah, it adds another. What's it's not suffix, prefix? Prefix is that correct? Yeah, pre-before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's another prefix to a term to add on to it.
0: Yeah. And it may be the case that people who identify as ace or arrow, they may choose to be celibate and not engage in any sexual activity. However, that's not a given, right? People who are ace or arrow can be in partnered relationships and engage in sexual activity too. It's not like they all are celibate or like have to be celibate or anything like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're not exclusive terms.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just a way to kind of, I think, help explain how you are in the world so that someone can understand you better. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the truth about all of these terms, that they are about helping folks to understand themselves and be able to explain it to another person, Um, like especially in a romantic setting, like if you're trying to, Be with someone in a relationship. You know, it's helpful to have words to talk about who you're attracted to and that type of thing to be able to name it. But none of these words are meant to be the end all be all. Like None of them are truly written in stone and labels are helpful only insofar that they help us understand and they're really not meant to be confining.
1: Yeah, as people and as humans, we are language people. We like to have words for things. We don't like it when we can't find the words to describe what we're feeling, what's happening, what our brain is thinking. So we have these terms to try and verbalize what we're feeling, who we're attracted to, all these other things. So that way we can explain it and share our stories and who we are with other people.
0: Yeah, and celebrate those stories too and celebrate that our bodies and who we love, all of that was made and created by God. So one of the reasons I really wanted to do this series and this episode in particular was to help educate people and learn these terms so that we can understand each other better. Like I did not have this when I was growing up. I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, Grace. Do you <laughs> feel
1: like you got any of this while you were growing up? Uh. I grew up in the South, so that is a no. <laughs> I I learned a lot of this actually when I came to college. So I learned a little bit towards senior year of high school, uh, but I didn't really learn more about it until I came to college. Yeah.
0: And so I just, I think it's so important for the church to have a voice in this because we do understand that this is how God created us. And so I wonder for you, Grace, like as you have learned throughout your college years, like as you have come to understand yourself, like, are there words from the Bible or a story or a character that you've really identified with or that you've kind of like held on to like throughout this process?
1: Yeah. Uh, so there's actually two. Uh, one more personal, what's kind of been like my life verse has been First John 3, 16. Uh, not just John 3.16. If you go to the back of the Bible, there's actually a book called 1 John. There's three three of those. And there's lots uh, of Johns. There's lots of Johns. The amount of Johns in the Bible is just so high. <laughs>
0: Probably too many, but anyhow.
1: <laughs> anyhow, 1 uh, John 3.16 says, For we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we should do the same for our brothers and sisters. Um, for me, that's what the epitome of love is. And that's what Christianity is really about is about love and loving each other and doing what we can to make sure that we are expressing that love in terms of my kind of coming out story and figuring out who I am and what I identify as, um, this may be a little controversial because this verse is often thrown in people's faces when it comes to coming out, but we're not here to talk about that. Um, it's actually in Genesis and the creation story uh, when God created mankind in God's image, right? So not just man and woman, God created everybody, every gender expression, everything. That's why I prefer the NRSV translation as a good Lutheran. Here, here. Um, (laughs) So it will actually say humankind um, and not just man and woman. So I think knowing that, That everybody, no matter how they look, no matter what they wear, no matter if they prefer Crocs over Chacos or if they have purple hair or blonde, uh, that they were created in God's image and they are living the life of how God created them to be. Uh, So that passage has stayed with me. And again, it can be taken in many different contexts, uh, but I think at the core of it and at the core of what the gospel is, is about love and loving the creation that God has made.
0: Yeah. And I mean and that's I hope that you listener like have heard this tone of celebration throughout the whole episode because that's really like what we were hoping to convey. Um and this this celebration of what it means to love your neighbor and loving your neighbor means like trusting them that they know themselves, like trusting them that they you know have spent probably sleepless nights trying to like understand themselves and to be able to express it. And when someone says some of that other crap that we mentioned earlier, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner, pray the gay away. Like that's not loving. That's not kind. That's not supportive. It's really damaging.
1: Yeah. And like the gospel says, and like the Bible says, we know what love is. We know what love looks like. It's that self-sacrificing love. Um, it's going to taking care of somebody else and making sure that they know that they're seen and heard and whatever they need in that moment is what you're going to do. It's not, it's not meant to tear somebody down. It's meant to bring somebody up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's so well said. And so I hope that this conversation today, this going through the alphabet soup or, um, sometimes called like the alphabet mafia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was kind of cute too. Um, we'll help you feel like more comfortable in relating to the people in your life. And I don't know, like maybe you heard something today and you've got some questions going through your brain. Like that's all right. Ask those questions. Find people to, that you trust to explore them with. You know, if you've learned a new word today and it has made your heart sing, that makes my heart sing.
1: Oh yeah. And something that one of my former pastors used to always say to me, and i love to share with other people is in the midst of the mayhem in the midst of the questioning and the doubt and the chaos you are loved you are loved you are loved
0: thank you so much for being here with us today grace it has been a joy to share this with you
1: yes thank you for having me this was a blast
0: a prayer for the superstars. God of love, you created each of us with a heart full of love and a body with which to express it. Lesbian, gay, bi, pan, queer, ace, arrow, demi, or straight, we are all born superstars. Amid the voices of judgment, Help my voice to be one of celebration and inclusion. Open my mind to understand those who love differently than me. Break down the internalized homophobia and transphobia that is within me. Empower me to be an ally with the whole LGBTQIA community. Be with those who are still coming to understand their orientation no matter their age and draw me into brave spaces that proclaim that love is love is love. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Thank you again to Grace from Peace and Hope for being with us today. I forgot to say it in the intro, but Peace and Hope is also a reconciling in Christ congregation. So we are just so happy to be partners in the gospel together. And like I said last week, if you are a part of another RIC community and you're interested in collaborating in some form or fashion, please let me know. I love, I love working together. Group projects as an adult are much easier than when I was a child. So my email for getting in touch for that or anything else is allplacestogether at gmail.com. A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website, Scroll to the bottom and there's a button there that says Give to All Places Together. If you click that, you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have shared gifts. We know that it can be hard to give financially, so we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life and the ways that you engage with APT throughout the week. This week, I want to say a special thanks to Beth, who shared on her Instagram that last week's episode was her new favorite one, and she especially appreciated how it affirmed how she's trying to parent her kids. She went on to quote Deacon Liz when Liz said, Our children would always know that however they were made, they would be welcomed and affirmed completely, expansively, and always. Beth added then to Liz's words, her own words, She said, every bit of this, no matter who, what, or how you believe, this is how you do it. This is how you parent. This is who you surround yourself with. Beth, it is a true blessing to support you in your parenting. That is hard work, and we are just so happy to be able to be an encouragement for you in that and all the other parents that are out there trying to raise these little humans. Y'all keep it up. Thank you for trusting all places together. Until next time, remember that God loves you and that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.